Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Still No Plan. I'm Jordan Granger. I'm here with Autumn Webb and our amazing guest today, Claudette Montana, who is an on-air host for Sports Illustrated. We know her from college and we were super excited to get her on, learn everything about how she landed this incredible dream job, how it's going, what the industry is like. Um, and yeah, we're super excited. Thanks for joining us, Claudette. You're welcome. I'm excited too. Those all sound like great questions already. And we haven't even started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to kick it off just with like, how did you even start this journey to getting into sports broadcasting? Like, was this always a childhood dream of yours? And like, how, yeah. How'd you just kick it all off? I feel like a lot of it just happens to be like right place, right time. And, uh, not to get like deep or spiritual or religious, but also just like the Holy Spirit and the universe having like my best interests because opportunities, I don't want to say they've fallen in my lap, but I've just kind of, when I really reflect back on it, I'm like, wow, that just like really worked out for me, which is like really cool. Um, I always had an interest in sports. My dad played in the NFL. So I always, I mean, I, I started watching football when I was like in diapers and I always knew that I probably wanted to work in sports in some capacity, but I actually wanted to go into like events. So my freshman year of college, I interned for this company called Student Sports, and they put on this really big football event called The Opening up at Nike. And anyways, I was working in the back in the product room, like full in t-shirts, and they had a full broadcast going with Yogi Ra, who works for the Pac-12 Networks, he's awesome. He's worked there for a really long time and he was doing all the interviews. And anyways, I saw it out of the corner of my eye and I was like, that looks a lot more fun than <laughs> folding t-shirts. So going over to him and kind of ended up shadowing him. And then that's kind of where I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to work in sports media. This is so cool. You get to tell people's stories. And then from there, at the time, actually, I was at University of Arizona. So I transferred to USC. And then, you know, USC is like the best place in the world if you want to work in the media industry. And it works like top notch. And so I just reached out to, uh, you know, some of the local like reporters that were covering the football team professionally and asked if I could do stuff for free. And I felt like such a dork, but I would go down to that little quad area where Tommy Trojan is and I would just mm -hmm. interview students on their opinion I was like on the game and I would say like you know what did you think of Sam Darnold last week and nobody <laughs> knew what they were talking about like it was like all these Sigma guys that were like I don't know I was drunk the whole time um and then yeah and then after college just I honestly worked for free for a long time until I got my first opportunity and then it kind of just all progressed from there really yeah, I think that's such an underrated career tip. And obviously it's like not always feasible, but my dad has been telling me that like my whole life. He's like, if you really want to do something, email someone who does it and tell them you'll work for free. And like, I've definitely got experience, especially in college, like feeling comfortable reaching out, but that's so awesome. I think that's like such a good, a good piece of advice. So I'm curious, and I'm sure you get this a lot. How is it being a girl in such a male dominated industry, like not only journalism, but sports journalism and like, how has that experience been? Yeah, it's funny. I honestly don't even notice it, which is like so crazy. Um, I, so in my team, the video team at Sports Illustrated, our entire team is men, except for myself and then another one of our on-air producers and I always like take a second sometimes I'm like wow like 
we're the only two girls on the team, but I really never noticed it because it's just kind of the environment. And also I've grown up being such a like guy's girl, like, you know, my dad played in the NFL. I've been around his buddies my whole life that I've just kind of always been in that environment. So, um, it, for me, it's been great. I've had like a wonderful experience and all the men that I've worked with have been really respectful and professional. Um, but I think it's like, you know, I think people like to pinpoint sports as being obviously an industry because most sports that you cover are, are, are male sports, but it's like that in like a lot of industries too, right? Like, even if you work in finance, most, I would assume probably more men work in finance than women. I could be totally wrong, but it's kind of like that everywhere. Yeah. I know. I feel like I'm happy to hear that you're, you don't really notice it. Cause I do feel like there's a more of a stigma with women in sports and there's so many jokes about like you know we see like those like memes around like Super Bowl Sunday it's like okay girls like say this to your boyfriend to impress him and all of his friends like there's just so many like it's almost like a stupid blonde joke like overplayed and it's just like girls don't know sports like you're like at a baseball game and they're like yeah you got a touchdown just like stupid shit like that and I'm like I don't understand it's so frustrating and so I figured that would like leak into into work, but I guess it's good to hear that we're growing and the society yeah. is changing. <laughs> I think like you definitely still get comments and in like if SI posts posts a video of me, sometimes you'll get comments of guys saying like get this chick off the screen or like this girl isn't or whatever. All I'm saying is like I knew more about what's going on in the NFL than my ex-boyfriend and I know more <laughs> like I can probably tell you more names on rosters and and different stuff that's going on and trade moves and all that stuff than like most of my guy friends. So I think if anything, it just makes you as a woman, just do your homework more. You have to, you know, and, and if you are well-prepared and you do your job, there's nothing for anybody to say. Cause if you know what you're talking about, that's it. doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're a man or a woman. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Um, I, something that I feel like a lot of people struggle with and I struggled with and a lot of people my age that I've talked to have struggled with is imposter syndrome and I would imagine that could be amplified in like such a coveted cool job that you are in um so have you experienced imposter syndrome and like how have you handled that this is gonna sound so dumb but I have no idea what that is (laughs) Can you explain? <laughs> yeah, it's I'm sorry. It's basically like where I went to USC, you guys. Just it's kidding. also like very corpo talk, I think. Um, yeah, so kind of makes sense. But it's basically like when you start a job and you don't feel like you deserve to be there, or like oh, you're okay. just like kind of like, oh, it, like should I even be here? Like, did they make a mistake hiring me? Or like, it's just like all of those like self like insecure thoughts that you have when you start a job. So did you feel that at all? Like when you started in, you know, in these really cool jobs? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I still feel like that. Like every day, I just went Mm -hmm. to an SPs thing and I was with like every single major broadcaster in the sports space, like everyone that works on ESPN and Fox sports. And I was with so many people that are like playing in the NBA and whatever. And I was just like, why am I here? Like, (laughs) no one cares, but yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, in the past like year and a half, I've um not to redirect back to this, but become really spiritual and kind of like gone back to my faith. And I just kind of revert back to the fact that like I'm here for a reason and and whether it's like manifesting or just this is where I'm supposed to be, like I'm here for a reason. So just trusting in that. But yeah, I mean, 
I guess that's how I, I talk myself out of it. But sometimes you just got to be like, yeah, whatever. I mean, and, and the thing is like, nobody knows that I'm thinking that except for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I feel that way like every day. <laughs> well, it kind of ties into what you were saying before. Like if you're well-prepared and you do your homework and you, you know, are like able to keep up, like, yeah, if you're thinking those thoughts in your head, but you're performing well, like who cares? It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I would say more so, um, you know, I, I would say like I'm, I'm 60% at home, 40% in person at this point, because there are a lot of sports events in LA that I've been getting opportunities to go to more, which has been great. And obviously things have been opening up more with COVID, which has been really nice. I would say, um, at home, like, I don't feel that way really ever. Um, and if we're doing a zoom interview, like it's, that's really fun for me. Cause you had to connect with athletes. I mean, it's great one-on-one too, but it's sometimes if you're like at a press conference, it's hard to get one-on-one. So, so doing similar zoom, like totally it's when I go to like events and I'm around like all these people that work for ESPN and whatever, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm like a fish mm-hmm. out of water, even though I'm not, you know, but yeah. that's what I, it comes up. I think it's also like at home, you can like, you're in your comfort zone, like you're in your own space and you can yeah. ground yourself and have your own calming energy. But if you're like at the Super Bowl, it's like everyone is excited and nervous and there's so much energy in the air that it's like palpable. And so it's hard to ground yourself in those moments when you're like getting caught up in all of the action. Yeah. But on that note, if you're getting more opportunities, I have feel like watching from afar, I've noticed that. Like, I feel like this year I've been seeing all these posts and you're at all of these like super cool events with really like big people. And it's been really fun to watch. So just a few years ago, you're like working for free. So how do you work your way yeah. up in that industry? I feel like everything I see about journalism, this is just in the movies. So I could just be so wrong. Like call <laughs> sure. me out if I'm just lying right now, but everything I see about journalism and movies and media is that it's like insane hours, like waking up at like 3am to do interviews, like just all of this crazy work really hard to get a five minute interview basically sort of thing and so would love to just hear about you working your way up in this industry and then like I don't know if that insane if any of the media is like accurate about these things (laughs) yeah I mean if you go small market right then you're gonna be working probably crazy hours especially if you're a morning anchor because you go live maybe at seven or six so I mean you're getting up like at ridiculous hours I was fortunate. I just never wanted it to go to a local station. Um, for me, I feel like digital media is kind of where the industry is heading. And I mean, everybody consumes stuff on their phone now, you know, and I even think you're seeing networks go more digital, like Fox sports just opened a whole digital studio and they're really making an investment in, I believe their, their digital space. Um, so yeah, I was fortunate. And, and I think that's one thing that's great about like 30 years ago, you had to go small market and work your way up. And now there's not really one path. Like when mm-hmm. I was at USC, I was working for uscfootball.com. Don't Google any of the videos. They're so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> like So horrible, but that's just like a beat. I mean, it's, it's a really popular site with USC football fans. And that's just, it's owned by 247 sports, which is a CBS affiliate. And so that was kind of like my first way of getting tape for my reel. And then I used that to um, then work for, so Sports Illustrated's owned by this company called the Arena Group. And they also own this like 
other company called Fan Nation and Fan Nation has team sites like all over the United States. So for the Cowboys and a bunch of NFL teams and a bunch of college teams. So I essentially got in touch with the guy who was running the USC site for Fan Nation and um, basically asked if I could work for free for him. And then he ended up leaving after three months. And because I was working under him, I just got the job because they needed to fill the role. And so that's what I'm talking about, like right place, right time. Like, I <laughs> that is a very good right looking place. Looking for right it. Time. And it just kind of <laughs> fell in my lap. And I was like, okay. And then from there I started, um, I was, I was covering USC as like a beat writer and reporter for like two years. It was such a grind, like working in that industry is a grind. Um, and then I just kind of got like literally, is that even word literally cold, um, <laughs> I should notice I'm in journalism. I got pulled <laughs> up to SI. It's all part of the same like major group, but they're all under arena, but they're just different brands. And so, you know, how it like how the connection kind of started is we we're all at the Super Bowl together two years ago. My now boss, uh, who is the head of video, I went over and introduced myself and I was like hustling in the corner. I booked 60 interviews on my own. I just reached out to all these PR people. I DM'd people to, to get interviews. And I think he saw like how much I was hustling and, and appreciated the hustle. And I just stayed in touch with him. And then they had an opening and I ended up getting kind of moved up. So that's kind of my story. Every single person's story in this business is so different, right? Because I mean, people will go to small markets and then move up and then, you know, be on ESPN one day or something like that. But <laughs> Yeah, like I said, it's just kind of like right place, right time. In regards to the hours, that is accurate. Um, I don't work crazy hours in the morning, but I work pretty much every single weekend because sports are played on the weekends. And I also work late during the season because NFL games, they don't end until maybe like 10. And then we do videos recapping the games after like a Sunday night football primetime game. So usually during football season, when we're like in the thick of it, I'm going to bed most nights on the weekends at like midnight. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to work in sports, like you just are going to have a weird schedule. It's just something you have to accept, you know? So, so when you mean work on the weekend, are you able to like watch the game with friends and like take notes on your phone? Or are you like in your office set up, like actively engaged? Like, I, like how how hard are we working on these weekend games? I just want to, I don't know what, like, I don't know what work is for you. Yeah. 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 So no, I can't do anything social. Um, so, I mean, obviously if I'm at the game, that's one thing. And, and I'm at the game, if I'm covering it from home, like I am on with all of my producers and our editors and we're like all in a Google chat, you know, and watching the game. And then if something breaks, like, someone gets injured that's really notable we'll we'll push something out on that really quickly um and then we yeah so you have to be I mean maybe I can like step out for a hot second to let my dog pee but like <laughs> you're I'm not locked, like having I'm a beer <laughs> no and I it's yeah. so funny I tell all my friends like they know they I'm just MIA from September to February like if you want mm -hmm. to hang out with me summer's the time to do it like let's get it in now in July because in a, like a month like I'm checked out you will not see me I'm hard to reach that's just the way it is and and it's funny like people in the industry joke 
I mean, how many weddings have people met? If you have your wedding during football season, like, I'm sorry, I can't come. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully no one's getting married yet, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a commitment for sure. So how are you keeping up with all these different teams and sports and like, like, do you have a research team that you work with? Are you like doing it all on your own? Like, I just can't even imagine keeping, I can barely keep up with one team. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, that's a really good question. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Cause for a couple of years, I was only covering USC, which, uh, it's so easy to become an expert on just one program. I would say it's, it's, it's unrealistic to be an expert at every single sport in terms of like knowing each, each team's roster. I can't tell you every MLB team's roster right now. Like I know the big, big boys, but like, you know, and, um, I think just continuously absorbing sports information is just how I stay in the loop. Also, like I'm interested in it. So even if I'm not working, I'm watching a game probably. Um, and yeah, I, I just think, you know, the more you do it, it's, I mean, I work five days a week and that's all I do is consume sports content and make sports content. So it just kind of becomes like an autopilot rhythm after a while. And I don't have a research team or anything, but like I have producers that help fact check me and like, I'm really bad with names. Like it's really bad, like (laughs) really bad. Oh my gosh. Like during March madness, I was, it was a doozy, but they help me with that type of stuff. They'll, they'll send me, um, you know, voice notes on how to pronounce stuff and double check my (laughs) stats and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so they, they help a lot, but yeah, no, it's like up to me to, you know, be in the know and stay informed and all that stuff. I guess also one distinction is there's kind of different roles. So my role is like being a storyteller and an interviewer, but I'm not breaking down like the analytics necessarily mm. as someone that that's a different role, you know? Um, and, and so I think that also helps. Like if I was more of an analytical person that would require like a different type of research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is like a day in the life? Like mm-hmm. let's say during football season when it's like, you know, busier, like what, what does a day in the life look like? Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, it's different every day. Like like, uh, working from home or going to a game? Um, let's say going to a game. Cause I feel like that's more fun. Interesting. Yeah. Unique. It is. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. So I'll get up, you know, and eat something and then work out. I always work out in the morning. Then I meditate for like 30, 15 to 30 minutes. And I do like this whole gratitude thing that I write down. And then I'd probably take my dog for a walk and then come back and get ready. I usually, I do all my own hair and makeup. Um, mm. so that takes about an hour and a half. That's impressive. It can be a little spooky <laughs> sometimes when I wake up in the morning. And then, um, before I usually will get to the stadium, maybe like three hours before kick, they'll usually open up the press box to media at least four hours, maybe even before, um, I don't find it necessary for my current job to, to be down there any earlier than that. Um, but yeah, I usually get down there a couple hours before you usually get, you usually can get on the field before the game until like the last five minutes, depending on your media credential. Um, and then probably spend most of the time in the press box and then go back down and then you do press and then, film content after that and then drive home. And so it's like a full day situation between, I mean, 
most people, right, go to a football game and then leave at halftime or something. And I'm there like four hours before, and then I'm not leaving till like three hours, maybe after the game. Cause you have to do press with all the players and the coaches and all that. So yeah, it's crazy. And so, okay. I have a couple questions. <laughs> so first, Fire away, you, girl. if you work in the media, do they just let any Joe Schmo who's like, I have a media company and I want to interview people. Are there like set companies that they're going to allow on the field? That's my first question. My second question is when you are there on the field, are you assigned certain players or teams or is your job to interview literally every single person on that field? Like, um, so you can't interview during a game. You can't interview people like on the field, um, at all. That's not allowed. When you interview people, it's in like a press conference. Like I'll just take USC, for example, after the game, I'd go back through the tunnel where the team runs out. They have right by the locker room, they have their, their press, which if you watch anything like on ESPN, you see the head coach or the players up there, that's mm-hmm. where you can ask questions. And then how USC does it, every school is different, is so you, you'll get head coach and then you'll get maybe like the quarterback and like two other guys like that had a great game or something. But obviously there's a lot more guys that maybe you want to talk to. Um, those guys you can usually catch on the way out as they're going to the bus to leave mm-hmm. the stadium. And USC will let you just go up to them and talk or if they come over to you and ask a question. Um, But yeah, you can't like go up to them while they're warming up and like ask them questions or anything like that. And then for credentials, you have to apply for a media credential, which is usually something that your company will do for you. So my boss will apply for me for certain games and do all that Mm. for me. Um, And then the school or the organization will approve based on like how legitimate you are in your outlet. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what about like <laughs> when, <laughs> like, like when there's like kind of on field interviews, like, you know, when they, like, it looks hmm. like they just like catch someone and are like, what about this thing that just happened right now? Like, how are they getting those interviews? <laughs> well, cause that's for the broadcast. So, so what you're seeing is like ESPN who has the rights to that game. They would say they have a sideline reporter down there that in built in the contract with um with the network and the conference or whatever they get i guess the nfl is probably a better example because i think they have more like set things built in contracts but they um they work with the media sid is what they call it who's kind of the gatekeeper for between the media and the players to get Mm -hmm. access on the field to make sure they get coached before he comes out or before he goes into the tunnel for halftime and stuff like that. So that's the only time you'll really see someone interviewing on a field is one, if it's for the national or regional broadcast. And then two, if it's a school like Arizona usually has a team reporter, sometimes they'll get something for their social that they'll like push out at halftime or something. And and that's obviously like internal. So they'll do that, but just like any other outlet you would get, the boot if you like went up to the Lincoln <laughs> Riley and you're like three questions before you go on the tunnel you know <laughs> that's like not allowed so you mentioned how you have been doing covering cool events what are your favorite events that you've done recently that's a great question um so funny I always say I'm the person that I just say yes to everything so my boss will call me and be like do you like women's soccer I'm like sure he's like do you like formula one I'm like yeah <laughs> like 
Yeah, sure. I'll sign me up. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I just covered the Miami Grand Prix in my, in Miami. And <laughs> that was really cool. That was my first time covering formula one, but also like ever learning about formula one. I mean, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't grow up watching formula one. It's more like European. So I was watching drive to survive and just doing a ton of research. I was really nervous flying down there. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, you know, where my head here talking about formula one, but it, it totally worked out. And that was fun. That was like a really big challenge for me just because just the verbiage that you use when you're talking about like racing cars is much different than, you know, when you're talking about basketball or football. Um, so that was awesome. And then recently I've been fortunate to cover some golf events and I've actually like, it's really blossomed my love for golf. Like Mm. uh, golf is really fun to cover because it's like really soothing. It's so quiet in the media tent. They're serving you. (laughs) They, every time an event's done, they give the media pizza. The guys are like usually pretty friendly and they give you like insane access, which is really great. Like I was, Mm. I covered the Genesis open, gosh, maybe it was back in February. I can't remember when that was. I have the credential right here. Um, I mean, I was like so close to Tiger Woods and this is a guy that I grew up, like that was on my Wheaties box as a kid, you know? So, (laughs) um, yeah, I would say those two stick out. Also, I covered the NBA finals. Um, it was, I mean, it wasn't the finals, but it was, maybe it was the semifinals when the Lakers were playing the Nuggets. And that was cool Mm -hmm. because that was my first time covering a playoff game at Staples Center or crypto.com arena, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and same with that, you get really close access. Like, I mean, I was super like, you know, arm's length from LeBron and AD and, and they give you great access, like um, kind of behind the scenes off the court. So that was a cool experience too. I like everything though. I just say yes to everything. I'm doing more Formula One in uh, October, I think in November they're going to send us to Vegas in Austin. So I have to like start getting back into it. I've been loosely following it, but I kind of took like a big deep breath after we left Miami. It's like, okay, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So So I'm wondering, do you want to just do like this, what you're, what kind of role you're in now forever, or is the dream to be like an anchor for ESPN or like what is kind of like a path forward or like, a, you know, say you're in five or 10 years, like where do you want to be in sports media? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, for the time being, I'm like trying to really practice being present and enjoying where I'm at because I feel like so often we're all, we're concerned about like after getting like the job then we want to focus on the next job. And then I don't know. I just feel like sometimes like it's not, an issue to just like sit back and be like, I'm good right now for a minute, you know? And so like, I have those conversations privately with my family on like where I want to be in, in five years. And that's something that I kind of keep more tight, uh, just cause I'm cautious about telling my long-term big dreams, you know, publicly, cause people have their judgments, but, um, but yeah, I think for now, like I'm good where I'm at. I'm like super fortunate too to just have a job. Like a lot of people are getting laid off right now. We did two rounds, I think two rounds of layoffs and I was fortunate to still have my job. And, and also like, I don't undervalue that I work with really awesome people. Like I have a great relationship with my boss, like really great. Mm. He's awesome. And he's been in this industry for a really long time. Uh, all the producers that I work with and the editors are just like really great people. 
And that's not the case everywhere, you know? So for the time being, like, I'm good. And um, they also give me like so much creative freedom to do whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I can come to them with any concept for any show I want to pitch. And they're like all ears. Like it's, which is, I think that's cool. Like about digital media, it's, it's a really creative space, uh, which you see like all over TikTok. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like super innovative. So Mm -hmm. yeah, for now, I'm just like, I'm chilling and I'm just loving where I'm at and trying to not necessarily think about like what's next, just trying to strengthen my skill set as a journalist, you know? It also sounds like you're given a lot of opportunity to like, I mean, obviously you just said like try new things. And so I'm sure you don't often feel stagnant in your current role because you are like, get to cover an entirely new sport if you want. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that I'm sure I mean, that I helps. Think, no, I think like, I mean, there's some days, right. Where it's, uh, it's slow. Like right now is a slow time because mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of coming around to training camp, which for most teams will start maybe even this weekend, probably next week. Uh, you know, basketball's not really going on right now. Golf's like going on, but you know, nothing like crazy. Uh, baseball's just so on that. Like we don't cover every single game. We only cover like once it gets to the playoffs. Um, so yeah, it's slow. So, so sometimes like, just like during this time of year, I'm like, man, like almost have to think of like, gosh, what content can I make today? Cause it's so slow. But then you have days like today where I just interviewed, um, Alexander Madison, he's running back for the Vikings. And like, it was really nice. And, and it's, it's moments like that where I'm like, wow, this is cool. Like just, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're all people, but I get to meet and and talk with some like crazy athletes that I would never have the opportunity. And, And a large part of that too, is, is the brand. Like I recognize that, you know, if I was working for a smaller outlet, I probably wouldn't get those opportunities just that's just kind of yeah. how it goes. Do you get starstruck and like nervous around these really incredible people? Um, gosh, there happened to, I was a little starstruck around LeBron, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd, be, it'd be hard not to be like, yeah. <laughs> so then you're like towering over you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because that's like my first time in that environment, but, um, not really with football not really. Um, I've just been in, I've worked in, in football for so long that like a lot of guys in the league that are my age, I knew, I mean, like I went to college with Sam Darnold, you know? Yeah. So, and like all of his, I don't know him very well. Like I, I knew him a little bit in college, but like a lot of his buddies from college are like my really good buddies from college that were mm-hmm. all lambdas or sick guys. <laughs> so yeah, it is. Yeah. That is interesting because, like, they're, I mean, athletes aren't that much older than us. Like, I mean, they, there's obviously like they have to retire pretty young. And so I'm sure yeah. that kind of helps because you're like, you're just like a peer of mine, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And I think what helps too when I'm interviewing someone is my goal. I just never want to be known as like that asshole journalist that like will push, put an, put an athlete in a situation where they're like being cornered into not giving a good answer. And like most of these guys are media trained, but sometimes I feel like reporters will just back guys into a corner. And for me, I feel like gaining trust and gaining a reputation of being like, oh, that's a really, she's a really nice girl. And like, I enjoyed that conversation is more important to me. So that's kind of what I try to focus on when I'm interviewing someone, not so much uh, 
like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. I can't believe I'm interviewing this person right now. It's just more like, okay, I really want this interview to go well because I'm really excited about asking asking him about his like taking on a bigger role with the Vikings offense, you know, and and stuff like that. And then also like, oh, if I see him again in the future or, you know, we're at the Super Bowl when he stops by like our media tent or something, like I want to, my impression to be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With regards to interview, like your interviewing skills, is that something that you took classes on at USC or did when you were at Sports Illustrated, they like give you any media training or is it kind of just like, you know, you just started doing it and like you critique yourself? Uh, no, so I was a comm major at USC because I, so I was a journalism mm-hmm. major at Arizona and then when I transferred and I was a comm minor, when I transferred to continue being a journalism major, I would have had to do a fifth year. And my dad's like, yeah, we're not paying for that. So like, we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> He's like, you can pay for that. I was like, I don't have money. I'm eating like rice cakes for dinner. So, um, so I ended up being a comm major, but like all the classes I took were media focused. Um, and, and they have like a lot of those blended classes. And then I just, it was kind of up to me to get those reps. And to be honest, getting better at interviewing and just doing a stand up and all that stuff. Like it comes from practice and repetition. You're not going to get better by reading a textbook. Um, it's about doing reps and then watching it back and just repetition. And so actually after I graduated, I enrolled in a class at SMC and, uh, like a on-air class where I got practice reading a teleprompter in their like little studio and, um, and then I would sometimes just go down to the local football field and just pretend to do like stand-ups on like the game that happened on Sunday and just film myself. And that's how I started to get reps. And then, and then, yeah, as I got hired, you know, every single time I did like a stand up or an interview, that was an opportunity to get better. And that's why like some, some, uh, younger people that ask me for advice, what I tell them is like, if you have a bad interview or something, like it's not a waste because it's every single interview or every single stand up that you do or every like fuck up is just an opportunity to get better and watch yourself back. And that's how you get better. Like the people that you see on ESPN, I guarantee you they are horrific when they first started. Like no one's good at naturally talking to a camera and like connecting with an audience to make it to make it feel like you're they're in your living room with you you know it's like a a learned skill through just practice and reading a teleprompter is like surprisingly difficult I (laughs) I just had to like film these videos for work and we had to have employees like reading a teleprompter and getting them to sound natural I was like I know the amount of takes we had to do so it makes sense you like took a class on that because it is you would think, I don't know. I would think it's funny because I, I so never, hard. I never use, I haven't used a teleprompter ever. <laughs> I just wing everything. Just wing well, it. it. Well, if you're like at a game, you just, yeah, you just wing it. So <laughs> I think it's, I mean, they're different skills, but I'm also not anchoring a show. So, yeah. you know, and anytime I do an interview, I just wing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I, you, I have notes, but yeah. How much, I, I mean, I feel like you've kind of touched on this, but how much like, freedom do you have versus like your producers handing you talking points or like like how much are you like oh this is exactly what I want to talk about versus like your brand telling you what you need to talk about um well so if an athlete comes to us like today when I may interview they're they're pitching a product usually 
um, or they're being endorsed by something. So we always have to allow them the floor to talk about that. And, and that's pretty much the only obligation that we have. Um, and, and then during like in our pre-production meetings, we'll all brainstorm questions and oftentimes producers will write questions and I just won't ask them. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's like totally fine. And and I I should preface by saying like, they also write a lot of questions that I do ask. And then I write questions that I ask. And then some of the ones I write, I scrap, but sometimes like someone, everyone's idea again, of like, you know, what they're comfortable with asking is different. And just kind of going back to like me wanting to be respectful to an athlete. If I feel like something toes the line of like, that could be pushing them in a corner. I just will veto the question or, or something like that. Or if it's just like, you know, this is a fantasy, fantasy football question. I don't really do fantasy football. Like that's just, that's a whole other area of sports. Like, I'm just not going to ask this question. And, and they're cool. Like at the end of the day, they're there to help me. Um, and so Sometimes they'll push back if it's like a question they really like, but for the most part, if I don't want to ask something, like it's a non-issue. Mm-hmm. So I have one one last question um, before we yes. wrap up. What I was gonna ask you fantasy tips, but you don't do fantasy, so I will I instead ask, what teams do you have your eye on as like someone who watches a lot of NFL with my boyfriend? And I do like football, but I'm not like super engaged. I do love the Seahawks, but other than Me that, too. I'm not super engaged. So like, what are your teams to watch this season? I love like a good game, like a good offensive game. So like, what are yeah. your teams to watch? I mean, I think you always have the staples, right? Like the Kansas city chiefs, because they have Patrick Mahomes and he's like going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. You have the Buffalo bills, like who have Josh Allen and they have like so many weapons on their offense. So those two are always going to be contenders. Obviously the Eagles to another contender. They were in the Super Bowl last year. Jalen hurts is just like a wizard. Um, and then for me, like, I, I'm excited to see what some other teams do. Like, I'm really excited to see what goes on with the Broncos because the Broncos have a new head coach. Last year was an absolute dumpster fire. Like Mm -hmm. I want (laughs) to see what Russell Wilson does in year two. Um, and then you have like the New York jets with Aaron Rodgers. It's his first year not playing for the Packers, which is like crazy. There's so much like hype around Rodgers, which obviously like he's so good. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like there's so many teams that are like so exciting, um, and different, even the Vikings, like I think they went 13 and four, 14 and three. I can't remember. They won their division for the first time in a while last year, and they're going to be better, I think this season. So there's just like, I feel like kind of sprinkled around the league. There's just like different things to, to watch out for. I love the Seahawks so much. I don't know if, I mean, I, I was really pulling for Geno Smith last year. Trust me. I love Pete Carroll as a USC guy. Do I think they're going to like make win the Super Bowl? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to loyally watch. We might go to the Thanksgiving game because it's a home Thanksgiving game. So we're trying uh, there's to There's nothing more. better than a Seahawks game. Like the 12th man flag. It's I know. Just so good. The so stadium's fun. the best. I just love it. It's very fun. Yeah. I have one other question too, though, before we finally wrap up, do you have any, like a a horror story or like a blooper, like a funny, (laughs) embarrassing story that you want to share to make anyone who's starting out feel more comfortable? I definitely do. I'm just trying to think of like, which one, 
there's definitely been something embarrassing <laughs> oh my gosh um I mean I've called athletes the wrong name like while I'm in <laughs> I, I literally like oh wait inter- okay I did, last year I did this high school football show down here and I um went down to St. John Bosco High School to interview this kid Peyton Woodyard and he's like one of the best recruits in Southern California's committed to Georgia he's like a baller and I was introducing him like hey guys like welcome back to our student athlete of the week segment like so excited to be joined by like I called him like Scott or something his name's Peyton and he's like it's <laughs> like stop the interview my name's Peyton I was like oh my god it was so embarrassing <laughs> oh my god yeah I remember and then I think there's been a time where I had like spinach in my teeth when I was interviewing like Meta World Peace or something it's just like oh okay <laughs> cool <laughs> oh my god I remember there was a video you posted of your like you were I think you were in an at home studio probably before they built you this and you had like a green screen behind you that just like collapsed behind you like in the middle oh, of the yeah. interview. <laughs> yeah. That I wasn't live. That. that wasn't live, thank God. Yeah, they used to give us like these step and repeat backdrops that had the SI logo on them, but mine always broke. They sent me like three different ones and every time so by the end of it, it was like it was just a disaster. It was being held together by like an extreme amount of duct tape and then one day just like it just went like boom and and I think we were like filming it was during the summer we were filming like some type of preseason like thing with some NFL guys I don't even know what it was but it was so funny um that's <laughs> definitely not like one of my most embarrassing I've, I've thankfully I haven't asked anyone anything like incorrect or dumb that would be like mortifying mm-hmm. over having like mm-hmm. spinach in my teeth well, also at this phase in your career, could like an embarrassing or bad mistake be career ending? Like if you did something really bad, I mean, I feel like you're young and curse how, I don't know, how detrimental um, would a mistake, like could a mistake I, be? I mean, like everyone makes mistakes. People get mm-hmm. stats wrong all the time. They are work for networks and, and, or say something wrong. I think like, um, it just depends on like how bad it is. I think if you like mispronounce someone's name, like that's not going to end your career. You know, Mm -hmm. if you like completely go on there and just don't know what you're talking about, like that'll probably end your career. (laughs) I just, but that's our jobs to know what we're talking about. (laughs) That's what we're getting paid to do. I just keep seeing in my mind that video of like from Miss Universe or like Miss America, (laughs) the girl is like my favorite community it's just like saying nonsense I don't know if you know what I'm talking about when she's being interviewed about like world hunger yeah. or something and she yeah. just like had no idea what she's talking about and that just keeps playing over my mind so as yeah. long as you don't do I, one of those <laughs> no I think at this level though you know like I wouldn't have gotten hired if I if, if I was if yeah that was my level of sports competence uh and, mm-hmm. and at this level like it's so competitive that like you have to be really good at your job to be in mm-hmm. your position so that's why you don't see any of that stuff usually when you're watching yeah. television <laughs> it's all it's they all do their the US. <laughs> they do their vetting process before they hire you <laughs> that's good yeah. um well to finally wrap us up if you want to shout yourself out say where people can find you or can find your work um i'm sure lots of people are going to want to follow up after this yeah, anyone can reach out to me on Instagram. I get people that are aspiring sports broadcasters and journalists that ask 
will DM me and, and ask for advice. The only thing I say, if you're private, I don't respond because I don't know if it's spam. So mm. just be public if you if want to reach out and ask questions. They'll always respond. Um, my Instagram is Claudette Montana. My TikTok is Claudette Montana Sports. I'm trying to like be more active on the talk, as I say. And <laughs> it's like a slow burn. It's like so much work to also just have to run social media. I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I used to mm-hmm. think that naively like I used to think that influencers just did nothing all day and now that I'm in the content space and as a like journalist now you have to be making content and you have to be putting your content out there like you just have to I'm like oh my gosh this is so much work the last thing I want to do when I get home is like edit a reel like spend the day with me covering you know a Rams game but like you just have (laughs) to do it um, this I'm getting sidetracked anyways. So yeah, TikTok, Claudette Montana sports, Instagram, Claudette Montana. I don't really use Twitter, even though I probably should. I'm on threads. I don't, I've only posted one thread. So <laughs> you can, you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok. <laughs> I prefer channels. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Claudette. This has been amazing. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. Sorority sisters forever. <laughs> Woohoo!